Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus told her. Now, who is her? It's, it's the sister of Lazarus, who at this particular point in, in, uh, in the story was dead for four days and still in the grave. Jesus told uh, Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after they die. I am the resurrection, Jesus said. If you believe in me, you will live even after you die. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for uh, the chance to celebrate you this morning. Not just the cross, not, not even just the empty tomb, but everything there is about you, Lord. We just honor that. And we thank you for your word and the time we get to spend together right now. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us not just to hear it and understand it. But, Lord, I pray that you give us the courage and the humility to put it into practice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it is really easy for churches to, uh, to fall into the hype trap at Easter have y'all noticed that? Like churches get all worked up about stuff and we just, everything just happening all at once. And, and, and in all of our efforts at getting ready to, to make this day and these services uh, get, get ready for them, it's really easy to put undue pressure on ourselves to say all the right things and do all the right things and make everything look just right and, and just to make it a special day for everybody. Listen, I just want to tell you this right from the top. This day is special all by itself. All right? It's, it's special whether we say or do anything that's cool or anything that's interesting. This day is special all by itself. And there's no amount of hype that's going to outdo the reality and the power and the truth of this message right here. God himself came to this earth in the form of a man. He lived a, a human life, a perfect life. He died on a cross he was buried in a tomb, and he rose again from the dead. Jesus Christ is alive, and he lives forevermore. I don't know how you top that anyway, right? I don't know. You can't out-hype the truth. I don't know how you improve on that. So you don't need the hype. You don't need clever. You don't need cute. You just need to shout that from the mountaintop that Jesus is alive. And that makes this day as special as it needs to be. It's the, it's the greatest news ever delivered. So as I was preparing for this service, I felt like the Lord dropped something in my spirit just to help calm me down. Cause uh, some of y'all know how I am. I get a little worked up about stuff, get a little up in my head about some stuff. And I listen, the problem is not preaching an Easter message, f- figuring out what to preach is figuring out what not to preach. Cause I got like 18 messages I could preach this morning and they were all going all in my head all at the same time. And so the Lord has to calm me down sometimes. And, and he, I felt like he said this to me. Listen, no matter what I say or do in the next few minutes, the message of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus will not change your social status. 
It's not going to change your education level. Despite what Christian television tells you, it's not going to change your bank account. It's not going to change your employment status. It's not going to change your standing in the community. It's not going to change what you look like in the mirror. It will only change your life. It'll only change your life. That's what the Lord said about this, the message of the resurrection. It will only change your life. And you know what? That's all it was ever intended to do in the first place, was change lives. And as I thought about that truth, it occurred to me that lots of people hear the Easter message every year, but their lives aren't changed. Like how many times have you heard the Easter message in your life? How many times have you heard a message about the cross? How many times have you heard the message of the resurrection of Jesus in your life? How many people are going to walk into churches all over the world this morning and hear the message of the cross and the risen Christ and walk right on back out the door exactly the way they came in? This message will only change your life if you'll let it. It'll only change your life if, you, if it matters to you. And that's when, it really, that's when it really struck me. There's only one group of people who care about this message. There's, there's only one kind of group of people who, uh, who the message of the resurrection matters to. The message of the resurrection will only change the lives of one kind of people. Dead people. Right? Are y'all okay? (laughs) The message of the resurrection will only change. It's it's only good news to dead people. So here's the question and the title of the message today. Are you dead? Stunned silence in the house if you're you're watching online. Are you dead? I know y'all are always suspicious when I ask you questions. It's okay. You don't have to answer out loud. The resurrection will only change your life if you're dead. The resurrection message will only interest you if you're dead. The resurrection message is only good news if you're dead. So are you dead? There's three groups of dead people. You ain't never heard a preacher say that. There's three groups of dead people that I want to highlight from Scripture. And I want to show you how the resurrection changes their lives. And my hope is that uh, as I highlight these groups, that you'll, that you'll find yourself in one of these groups, or more than actually more than one of these groups, because I promise you everybody fits somewhere. And that you'll see yourself in those groups, and you'll, and you'll see, uh, you'll let the power of the resurrection do its work in your life. Okay? So, it'll only change your life if you let it. Here's the first group of dead people, spiritually dead, spiritually dead. Now I want to tell you what that means. Ephesians Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. So don't get your feelings hurt. (laughs) It's all of us used to live that way 
Look at this, this description of, of what it means to be spiritually dead. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, to God's wrath, just like everybody else. Listen, I don't know if anybody's ever told you, but if you haven't repented of your sins and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are spiritually dead. Not sick, not weak, not anemic, not a little less than your best, or whatever euphemism that the church comes up with to make people feel better about themselves. The Bible just says you're dead. See, God created life. He created all life, right? So uh, he even created the lives, the human lives that he placed in the Garden of Eden. But because of their sin and because of their disobedience, death entered the picture for human beings. And, And as long as you are the captain of your own ship, as long as you are the master of your own destiny, the Bible says you're dead. You're dead. The passage that we just read, it it described it as following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. What does that mean? That sounds real spiritual. What does that really mean? It means you're just doing what comes naturally. You just do what comes naturally. You do what feels good. You do what seems right. And you might even be enjoying it. I grew up in a church where the preacher always told me sinners were actually miserable. I've come to find out they really aren't. They're having a good time. At at some point, they might actually say, man, I'm really living. I am living the life. But I want you to look at what the truth says. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It ends in death. See, when, when you just do what seems right, It ends in death. You are spiritually dead, and if you're not on a different road, if you don't take a different road, then it's going to lead to eternal death. Why? Because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Life only comes from Him. And if you aren't surrendered to Him and connected to Him, then you're disconnected from life, and by definition, you're dead. You say, well, John, you keep talking about sin. I'm not even sure I know what that means. Like, what what is sin? Well, let me break it down for you like this. Sin is anything that violates the character and nature and will of God. Anything that violates the character and nature and will of God. So what's what's God like? What's his character and nature? How would we describe God? Well, God's pure, and he's holy, and he's just. And he's good, and he's kind, and he's loving, and he's patient, and he's generous. There's a question coming. You ever done anything that's unholy, or unkind, or impatient, or unloving, or greedy? course you have. I have too. Everybody has. That's why I was dead in my sins and, but, and, and why you're still dead in your sins if you haven't come to Jesus. You said, well, John, all right, well, so what do I do about it? How, how does a person get over being dead? That's a great question. 
And, and, and the answer is, is in the passage we've already started reading. We're just going to keep reading. All right? So we set up the problem in the first three verses. We're spiritually dead. Verse 4 says this, but God. Listen, I ain't never been so happy to read those two, two words in my life. But God. Because in, in, uh, in, in this earth, dead means you're done. There's no hope. There's nothing. It, it's over. But God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead. There's the message of the resurrection. And it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that he's done for us who are united with Christ. Because God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done. It's not of works so that none of us can boast. Listen, Jesus gave you a chance at life when he rose from the grave. That passage said that that he raised us from the grave when he rose. So the resurrection is not just about Jesus rising from the grave. It's about us rising as well when we connect ourselves with him. All we have to do to receive is salvation offered to us by grace through faith. It's just receive it. It's not a reward for doing anything good because dead people don't do good deeds. He gives it to us. He gives it to us because he's good and because he conquers death because he is life. I mean, that's it. That's the message. How can the message of the resurrection change your life if you're spiritually dead? Because the resurrection is life to the spiritually dead. The resurrection is life. If you haven't repented of your sins... And repented doesn't just mean you feel guilty because you got caught. Repented means you've changed your mind about him. You're like, I don't want to live that way anymore. If you haven't stepped up and taken responsibility for the things that you've done wrong, if you haven't admitted that you were a sinner and confessed that Jesus is the only way to forgiveness and salvation, and then you put him in charge of your life, then you're still dead. But you don't have to be. You don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay spiritually dead. You can be saved. All you have to do is receive. All you have to do is those things that we just talked about. Confess that you're a sinner and and, and ask him. Ask him to save you. Do it today. Repent today. Confess and surrender to Jesus today. Our opening scripture said said it perfectly. He is the resurrection and the life. The great preacher Leonard Ravenhill said it this way. Jesus did not come into the world to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. Are you still dead? You still dead? Receive the life that Jesus died and rose again to give you. Today, it will only 
change your life. Here's the second category of dead people. Not just spiritually dead, but dead to sin and self. Dead to sin and self. I want to show you in Romans chapter 6 and then in Luke chapter 9. Romans 6 verse 11 says, says this in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And, and Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9 verses 23 and 24. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So that that didn't say anything about being dead. That's what a cross, a cross is an instrument of death. And then he said, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you'll give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. It seems a little ironic, but but when you're spiritually dead, the resurrection moves you from death unto life, but then Jesus says you're expected to die again. You're, You're still dead, you're just dead in a different way. When you become a true follower of Jesus, you're not spiritually dead anymore. Now you're dead to sin and to self. You can no longer afford to live according to your flesh or your natural desires. You can no longer afford to live the way you want to live and strive to achieve your goals and your dreams without checking with Christ first. The life that resurrects you from spiritual death requires your full devotion. Another passage says it something like this. I am crucified with Christ, but I'm still alive. But it's not me. I'm not alive in myself. I'm now alive in Christ. See, remember, Jesus is life, not your life, his life. So, so when you're saved, you're living not to please yourself, but to please him. You have to lay down your old sinful ways and your carnal goals and submit yourself completely to him. So, so let me ask you the question of the day again. Are you dead? Are you dead to sin and self? Are you taking up your cross and following Jesus every day? You say, John, listen, I get it. I'm not spiritually dead anymore. I'm saved. I've surrendered to the Lord. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm having a hard time giving up that old lifestyle. I'm having a hard time pushing back against the temptations. I've still got some habits I need to break. There's still some, maybe some addictions. There's still a lot of pride There's still a lot of self-reliance. I still want to do what I want to do. There's still this spirit of, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I'll do whatever I want to do that rises up in me. See, what I want, I don't want to be spiritually dead. I just want Jesus to help me do what I want to do. I want him to help me achieve my goals and fulfill my dreams. (laughs) Yeah, that's just not how it works. That is not how it works. When you get saved, you're not inviting Jesus to join your team. Amen. Right? I don't know if they still do this on playgrounds. Playgrounds were rough places when I was a kid. They will hurt your feelings on a playground. So you want to play, you got to line up. There's two captains. They choose teams. Listen, people, not everybody got chosen. I'm just telling you. They go, Butler, you can go play with the girls. They're over there. I just wasn't good at nothing. So, but, but you're, you're not a captain. You, you don't look around the religions of the world and decide to choose Jesus to help you be who you've always wanted to be. 
That's not how that works. He's not on your team. He is, he's God. He's the creator of the universe. He is not on your team. He's inviting you to be on his. But guess what? Is his strategy? Is his game plan? He knows what's best. He knows what's going to happen. And he expects you to follow him. And I know that's hard. But the good news is the resurrection will change your life. And help you do that. So John, okay, that's fine. If that's how it's supposed to work. But how am I supposed to do that? Because I'm struggling. Well, let me show you. Romans 6. 6 through 11. We've already read 11. We're going to take a run and start so you see the context. We know that our old sinful selves, the part that was spiritually dead, was crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We're, we're sure of this because Christ died when Christ died was raised from the dead and he will never die again. I completely mangled that. I added words. I did all kinds of strange things. I'm going to read that again. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. And now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. And now we come back to the verse we read just a minute ago. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. And let me show you a couple chapters later, Romans 8, 9 through 11. But you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit living in you, And remember that those who don't have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you so that even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. The power of sin was broken. We, we already sang it in the very first song this morning. The power of sin was broken by the resurrection of Jesus. And the power of the resurrection is the Holy Spirit. The great news today is that the resurrection is power to be dead to self and sin. The resurrection is life to those who are spiritually dead. And it's power to those who are trying to be dead to sin and self. The Holy Spirit empowers you to take up your cross every day. You can't do that on your own. Nobody wants to submit themselves every day. The Holy Spirit helps you to do that. He helps, you empower, he helps to empower you to deny yourself. He helps to empower you to abandon that life of sin and self-centeredness. To break the chains of the things that might be addicting to you. And to help you humble yourself in surrender to his will. Don't think of it so much as being dead to sin as much as it is being alive to Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the power who changes your life. 
You say, well, John, I, I, I need help. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm, I really want to do that. So, so how do I get the help of the Holy Spirit? You just have to ask. You just have to ask. Ask the Lord for the, for the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You say, I don't know about Why would you have to ask for the Holy Spirit? Well, look what Jesus said. Luke 11, verses 11 through 13. Jesus said, listen, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If, you, if they ask you for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You just have to ask. On this Resurrection Sunday, there is nothing more life-changing than resurrection power. The Holy Spirit Flooding your life with power. The power to be dead to sin and to self. And all you have to do is just ask. Here's the third group of dead people. You got the spiritually dead. You got those of us who are trying to die to ourselves and to sin. And the third group is the physically dead. The physically dead. There are no exceptions to this one. I want to show it to you in Scripture. Two places, Hebrews chapter 9 and then James 4. Hebrews 9, 27 says, and just, and now this is the beginning. It's an introductory phrase to the, the rest of the sentence, but there's enough in this phrase for you to understand what we're saying. Just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So it's already established that fact. Every human being is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Here's James. This is how, this is how James said it in, in chapter 4 and verse 14. People were saying, oh, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do, go do that. And they're making big plans. James said, how do you know what your life's going to be like tomorrow? James is saying, you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. He said, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. Listen, there are lots of cute little sayings about the brevity of life and the surety of death. But I think everybody understands that one day these bodies are going to wear out and we're going to die. All of us. As surely as we have all been spiritually dead, one day we all will be physically as well. Now, at Easter, you hear lots of opinions. People want to start talking about Jesus around Easter and, and around Christmas, and they talk about him on the news, and everybody's got, everybody's got an opinion about everything now, right? And everybody feels now we've given people tools to say whatever crosses their mind at any point of the day. So everybody says whatever they think. And so there's lots of opinions about Jesus. Lots of people will, will admit and say and claim that he was a good teacher, only a good teacher, just like lots of other great teachers throughout history. And it'd be hard to read the book and deny that Jesus was a great teacher. There will be other people who say, yep, he, he did, he came and he died, but it wasn't, he didn't, or he came and died just like everybody else. There'll be other people who say, yeah, he came and he died, but this resurrection stuff the resurrection was just a symbolic resurrection. It was just some, some sort of cosmic, mysterious uh, happening. It wasn't a, wasn't a real physical resurrection. They tried saying that even, even before, uh, even in the early church, even while the apostles who witnessed were still alive. 
They still, they tried to say that. The apostle Paul, who was also alive during that period of time, he just wasn't having any of that. The apostle Paul wrote 13 out of the 27 books of the New Testament. He, he helped us understand, he single-handedly helped us understand probably more than anybody else about the life and the person of Jesus Christ. And, and he made it very clear through his writings in the New Testament. Jesus Christ suffered, suffered a physical death on a physical cross. He died in his body. He was placed in a physical tomb in the garden just outside of Jerusalem. And that his physical body was resurrected on the third day. It wasn't, it wasn't hype. It wasn't a PR campaign. There wasn't a stolen body and buried somewhere else. He physically rose from the grave. Did, did Jesus resurrect to give us, to give life to the spiritually dead? Yes, he did. Did he resurrect to give power to those who are dead to sin and self? Yes, he did. But I want you to hear me this morning. Make no mistake about it. The fact that the physical body of Jesus Christ was resurrected gives us hope. It gives hope to every human being who will ever die. And that's all of us. The resurrection is hope for the physically dead. It's hope. I want you to read with me what, what Paul said about uh, dying in this body. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going we're to read sections out of this whole, uh, this whole last uh, chapter in, 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 cha- in 15. Not the last chapter, but in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. If our hope in Christ is only for this life. Listen, if Christ, let me put it in terms that maybe you can understand. Uh, if you've been to a Christian bookstore and you see headlines like your best life now, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, if our best life is going to be now, Paul said, the Bible says that we are to be pitied more than anybody in the world. Amen. That's right. The hope of Christianity is not about making us happy or healthy or, or, or rich or anything else. The hope of Christianity is yet to be seen in our lives. If our hope is only in this life, we should be pitied more than anybody in the world. But in fact, verse 20, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who died. Verse 42 through 44 says this it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die but they will be raised to live forever our bodies are buried in brokenness but they'll be raised in glory they're buried in weakness but they'll be raised in strength they're buried as natural human bodies but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies Look at verse 53 through 57, same chapter. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up. In victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory over sin and death 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our hope. That's our hope. Death is not the end for us because Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus died, but he conquered death, death and hell and the grave. And he holds the keys. He has the authority. He has the power over those things. We don't have to fear death because the resurrection of Jesus is life. And the resurrection of Jesus is power. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is hope for us that we have life forevermore. The old song says, because he lives, we can face whatever tomorrow holds for us. Because our hope is not in the goodness of the day. Our hope is in the goodness of the Lord. He's our hope. He's our peace. He's our strong tower. He's everything that we need. And his word says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But listen, that hope is only found when you're surrendered to Jesus. You have to surrender to him to receive the hope. You you have to do it in this life. There's no biblical foundation for the concept of of any sort of period of time, any sort of limbo, any any sort of place that you can go and and get your affairs in order spiritually. The, The word says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the list. Instant. It's instant. You're not going to have time. Those who are those who are uh, who are surrendered to the Lord will be present with the Lord and they'll stay there forever. Those who are still spiritually dead will enter eternity without Jesus and without hope. So let me ask you one more time. Are you dead? Whether you're still dead spiritually, whether you're dead to sin and self, or whether you're, whether you're facing a physical death. And listen, I, I want to be real sensitive here because all of us are, and we understand that sort of cognitively, but some of us are in situations w- either with ourselves or with family members or friends where we're coming face to face with this idea of mortality. And we understand that it comes in some cases way sooner than we think. And, and so I want to I want to use this today to to tell you there's hope, whatever situation you're in, there's hope. The resurrection of Jesus Christ will change your life, but only if you accept it, only if you receive it, only if you walk in it. So I have to ask you: Are you ready to let the resurrection of Jesus? change your life if you are then you have a decision to make today if you're not saved if you're still spiritually dead then today is the day that you can come alive and let me let me say this to you in 30 years of ministry the last 10 being lead pastor i've met more and more people who describe to me a salvation experience that was more academic than spiritual I want to encourage you to think about your relationship with the Lord. I want you to make sure. Because just because you repeated a prayer 
after somebody because you felt guilty for the things that they may have described in that service does not mean that you're saved. Biblical salvation includes repentance where it's not just about being sorry or feeling guilty. It's about changing your mind towards your lifestyle and surrendering yourself to the Lord. Admitting that it was sinful and you don't want to live that way anymore. Admitting that you're far away from Him and you want to be brought close. And, and, and telling Him that you want to surrender your life to Him. That, you're, that all of the decisions of your life are now submitted to Him. That's biblical salvation. And so if you just believe that Jesus died on the cross as a historical fact, it does not prepare your soul spiritually to go into eternity. And so I just, I want to challenge you this morning to surrender yourself to him. Repent, confess, and invite him in to be your master. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you are saved, but you're still struggling. You're still operating as if the power of sin has control over you when Scripture we read today says it doesn't. And you you want the power of the Holy Spirit to help you break those chains in your life. Then I just want to invite you to surrender to that today and ask Him. Ask Him to come and help you. And then listen, if you you or a loved one are, are facing death, then I want you to find peace and hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Y'all stand with me today. Just a second, I'm going to pray. This altar is open. This altar is always open. They're going to, the team's going to come sing one more song and, and we'll be dismissed together in just a minute. And I know you've got lots of important things to do and great places to go and you're excited about getting there. But listen, there is nothing, there is nothing that you've got planned that's more important than these next four minutes. Okay? When we get together, the Lord has promised and we get together in His name that He's here. And, we're, and we've invited Him to make Himself known today. So for the next few minutes, I just want you to be quiet in your brain and listen to what the Lord says in your heart, in your soul. Listen to what He says and just do what He says. If you want to come and pray about something, we'd love to pray with you. If you want to pray by yourself, that's perfectly okay. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, we want you to do that today. And we'll help you any way we can. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You for Your Word and we thank You for the good news of the message of Christ. Thank you for everything that you did for us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to respond appropriately today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw, that you'd convict sin, that you'd draw people to, uh, to surrender themselves to you. I pray, Lord, that people would, would invite you in through the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would get free from the things that are holding them down and would actually die to sin and to self and would live for you. And Lord, I pray that you'd bring great peace and great comfort for those who are facing death physically. Lord, give them hope. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770 537 
770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.